Joe Biden's vice president pick is an old English sheepdog. We're talking the shaggy DA on today's We're not affiliated with Netflix. Welcome to Kidflix, the podcast where adults try to definitively rank every kid's movie ever made. I'm your host, Ross Wiseman, and this show is not for kids, so turn this off and badger an adult. Uh, my guest today, he is uh, the co-host of the Feel Feelings podcast, which is on the Wasted Robot Records Network. Uh, it's Danny Getz. Hey, Danny. Hello. Hey. Hey, happy. We're happy to talk to you. Happy to see a different person today. Uh, yeah, it doesn't happen often right now. No. So this is nice. Uh, I'm very happy. Uh, and uh, I have mixed feelings about the movie that we're discussing today. <laughs> so good. <laughs> see, okay. So we're talking about the Shaggy DA, which is not uh, the original Shaggy Dog movie from 1959. No, no, no. We are talking yeah, not about that one. the Shaggy DA, which came out 17 years later. Um, he grew up a lot in those 17 years. Yes. He became the most boring man ever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> so tell me your history with this movie, because you, you said that you watched this a lot as a kid. I, I remember, not, not so much this one specifically, but this type of movie, like the, the wide world of Disney kind of broadcast movie. Like the really forgettable twenty five years that they had. Yeah, like I like. There, there's a stretch. I looked it up that this was their most profitable movie. That like yeah. th this movie is responsible for like a, all of the weird shit that happened later, and yeah, that makes it, me so happy. It made ten point five million dollars, which to me now still seems like a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, uh, and the budget for the original one was twelve point three million, and that's nineteen fifty nine money. Yeah. Um, and it's funny that you already brought up money because there's a statistic on the Wikipedia page for the Shaggy Dog from 1959. And it takes a lot for me to wrap my head around. But because of how cheap the Shaggy Dog was to make, it cost less than a million dollars. This movie was significantly more profitable than Ben-Hur when it was released. Because Ben Hur, was that, that so movie is expensive. expensive. Spent yeah, <laughs> so spent so much money on like marketing and all this stuff that, upon initial release, the Shaggy Dog was a bigger. Uh, oh my god, that makes me so happy! I've seen Ben Hur half of a time. I've seen this movie at <laughs> least four times. <laughs> yeah, so so you were you were very much into, uh, the yeah, like you said, the wonderful world of Disney. These like they were TV movies, kind of, but that were thrown into the theater. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I don't, because like I, I wouldn't have been the right age for when they even were re-airing it, because like they did that in the '90s. I would have been too mm -hmm. old to be watching it then. I think it was just something my parents were like, "These are movies that kids can watch." Like, there's, <laughs> there's nothing, especially for like late '80s, early '90s of like, eh, smoking is fine. Like they can curse every now and then. Like that's still yeah. fine for kids. And this is also these are like those VHS tapes that you could probably get in the clamshell and. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, this was probably, you probably watched around the time that the Disney vault was super big and precedent. And precedent. Oh, yeah. No one like, gave a shit about keeping the Shaggy DA in the Disney vault. Yeah, every every movie had a trailer for like, next, coming from the vault, Little Mermaid. And you're like, oh, yeah. all right. <laughs> or like Bambi, which 
coincidentally, is also a story uh, by the author of the source material for the Shaggy Dog, Felix oh, really? uh, Salton. So his his most famous work is called It's Bambi, A Life in the Woods from 1923. And, I had no uh, idea it was the same guy. That's awesome. Yeah. Disney- I, I was reading about the, the source material book for this one, and it's like, it's only the source material in that a guy turned it into a dog. It's yeah. totally unrelated. <laughs> like, I guess they, they had to credit it again. They credited it with Shaggy Dog. They gave it credit. But, but in a, a different way. It's so- totally not the same. And I've, I've literally, in my life of watching movies, I've never seen suggested by as a credit. That's my favorite. That's like the LaCroix flavor of credit in a movie. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> I get, yeah, like you said, uh, the original Shaggy Dog, they, they technically had to be like, yeah, 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 this is kind of like Felix Selton's book because the yeah, guy turns a, into a, a dog. Yeah, a boy turning into a dog. Yeah, okay, I get yeah, it. Yeah, and then this one... Uh, he died in 1945 in Zurich, so there's no way he could even fathom this really uh, bland story of a man who runs for district attorney. God, I, I love how just nothing that idea is. And like, they, they don't waste any time. No. So uh, the story is Wilby Daniels. Uh, he was the child in the original Shaggy Dog. Now we see a different actor playing him, of course. Uh, Dean Jones uh, as an adult. I love and, Dean Jones so much. Yeah, he's he is uh, legally a Disney legend. Uh, yeah, he he is the Disney star that I most recognize. He is yeah, that so, guy. So he was the guy. He was in the first Beethoven movie. He was in uh, the Love Bug, the original like. I movie was movie. I was looking it up. He was in the the Beethoven movie as just like one of the guys in the movie, and yeah. then he played the dad in the series when Beethoven went to series. So they were just like, we like you with Beethoven. Do you want to just keep being with Beethoven? Do you want to play second fiddle to another dog? Uh, yeah. He was also in That Darn Cat, a movie about a cat. So this, uh, Dean Jones knows exactly what his wheelhouse is. Oh yeah, he he gets it. Herbie the Love Bug, he's, he's all the Herbie movies, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, then yeah he, so he, uh, so, the, so Wilby and, and his family, they came home from vacation or something. I don't really know what happened. So the first couple times I watched this movie, I thought they were moving. Like I legit just never connected those dots until well, watching the, it now. Because the movie like, opens with uh, two uh, robbers that are disguised as movers who pack up all their stuff. And then uh, Wilby's next door neighbor, I forget his name. The Admiral. <laughs> the Admiral. Yes, yeah, whatever. Of I don't know his uh, actual, the rest of his name, but yeah. I have no idea what his name is. Uh, the Wikipedia page is not clear about it. <laughs> they lean so hard into him being an Admiral, though. Like, all that weird just boat shit around his house. This is like a weird Disney fixation, because you also have like that uh, boat guy from Mary Poppins who believes that his house is a boat. Oh, yeah, where he shoots the cannon off from the roof? Yeah. Directed and, you know, by the same guy. <laughs> wait, is that true? Robert yeah. Stevenson. He directed, oh, my God. He directed Mary Poppins, yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah, this goes all the way to the top. He also directed The Love Bug. Oh, I, I have a whole list of the ones that I was going to be like, this. in my mind, a movie looks like basically the, the movies that this guy made. So it's like mm-hmm. Mary Poppins, Bedknobs and Broomsticks, Darby O'Gill and the Little People, Absent-Minded Professor, which I watched before Flubber, which was... <laughs> something that blew my friends' minds away when I was younger. They're like, you know what Flubber is already? I was like, like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, I'm, and I'm a Disney hipster. <laughs> <laughs> That's an underrated one. I remember my brother and I watched that, and I remember liking it. I've not watched it since, and I kind of 
want to check it out again uh, when it's, uh, I, it should be on Disney Plus, I assume. I think it is. Yeah, I haven't watched it since that's been a thing. But I, <laughs> I did watch, there's the, in the Mary Poppins sequel, there was an Angela Lansbury spot. And I was like, she wasn't in Mary Poppins. Why would that be like a big deal? But then I kind of put stuff together that she was in Bedknobs and Broomsticks. And I watched one of her scenes from that after that. But yeah, because yeah, it's just like, what if what if other <laughs> magic stuff happened and you had Mr. Banks, the everybody's favorite character from uh mary poppins doing that that's who i remember <laughs> yeah uh who cares about that title character um <laughs> he also directed old yeller i want to throw that in <laughs> oh okay that's good to know I, he lets the dog live in this one <laughs> finally um even the okay well, we, well i was gonna go through the plot but now that you mentioned uh letting the dogs live so this movie goes off the rails immediately but oh, yeah. it progresses to a part um where uh Wilby daniels is trapped as the dog in the dog body and he gets sent to the pound where um he becomes friends with a bunch of other dogs that were surrendered to the pound and all of these dogs talk in different golden age of movie voices like one guy talks in like a mobster see yeah. and the other uh uh talks like a cowboy kind of like I don't know how many, but I know more than one of them are voiced by George Kirby, who I, I know from like Leffen fame. Yeah. So George Kirby, it says that uh, he, I think he might voice all of them. So I, I, I couldn't quite place it. I, I tried to look that up yesterday when I was trying to do like more research, but it's like, how much did George Kirby actually do? And he's just credited as like the dogs. Yeah. Well, because there is one dog that sings uh, Old Man River, I believe. Yeah, yeah, he does. He's saying so. This dog sings "Old Man River" River because I believe he is the next one set to die in at the pound, and they. Keep oh no! It's swing low, sweet him. swing low, sweet chariot. Right, that yeah okay that makes yeah that's a lot sadder of a song. Yeah, uh, there's also so many just uh, you know those uh, public domain songs in here. Like I'm surprised that "Swanee River" isn't sung at any point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so so that's a whole a third of this movie is just hanging out with these dogs that all talk in silly voices. I mean, and when when I was taking notes, just going through this time, my, my notes stop at a dog on roller skates. I don't, I don't have any notes from any of the third act of this movie. It's just, eh, whatever. He went to dog jail. That's it. My last note is a quote and it says, unless I can get the ring back, he's going to rub me out. Uh, oh, yeah. Which is, very 70s of just like this dialogue sounds wrong but it's the 70s and we're all a bunch of tv actors so no is, one cares is this how people talk i don't know <laughs> well will be in the entire movie switches off talking like a human being and then talking like he's trying to do uh like a like an it's a wonderful life thing just being like see i'm gonna be the oh, district yeah. attorney also okay so the whole movie this whole movie is predicated on um, a man running for district attorney, a job that no child, and I would argue many adults don't really understand what the job is. And I, I don't want to go into rewriting this movie so, so fast in the uh, episode, but like, why not the shaggy mayor? That does seem like it's more right there for the taking there, there's also a thing in a lot of these movies of like shady mob people. Yes, and I, so I think they they took it thing, with, that like, makes more sense with a with the mayor than a district. Like, sure, district attorneys can be shady, but like 
uh, it's just so much clearer. I, it's not even different syllables. Like you wouldn't have to change the the theme song in the beginning either. Like that that five minute opening <laughs> credits theme song. You're right. I did neglect to mention that Dean Jones also sings that. Um, yeah. It's a, a song about running to be the Shaggy DA, implying that the title of the job is Shaggy DA. Yeah, it, it implies to me that. Because like throughout the whole movie, he's trying to hide the fact that he's a dog. But yes. the song implies that he's running on the fact that he is a dog who is running for a DA. Right. That people are like, yes, we want the dog one. <laughs> exactly. And uh, uh, it's just, yeah, you're right. This, this starts off so quickly. So like we said, he gets robbed. And then two days later, he's like, that's it. I am running for district attorney. And what I will say, I do appreciate that this movie teaches the important lesson of calling the office of your of the police station rather than 911 in a non-emergency scenario. It does. Even though it's confusing that he I mean, doesn't they don't handle a, it well at the police station. No. <laughs> uh, it's it's a very classic like man, government is so ineffective. They they're working on two calls so they have to put them on hold and arguably this movie in 1976 sets, sets the precedent for uh, defunding the police. I mean, it honestly does. That guy is standing at his desk doing absolutely nothing and gets mad at a guy for trying to report a crime. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so he runs for district attorney. and then, yeah, I, I do love that it's not yeah. the fact that he got robbed the first time. It's that these ballsy-ass thieves come back to just take the clothes that he was wearing that day so they can complete the job fully. And then he's like, all right, I have nothing left. Well, here, let me, let me uh, just specify and paint a bit more of a picture. Um, they stole um, his wife's mink coat that they were sleeping under as a blanket because they stole everything. So they were sleeping on orange shag carpet draped right next to floral wallpaper. It was a beautiful sight to be seen. I, I That might be my favorite part of the movie is just looking in their house. Yeah. You know what my least favorite part of this movie is? What is it? Uh, anytime that you see him turn into a dog. So Ooh, they the don't... halfway spots? Yes. So <laughs> this is the 70s. So they're getting a little bit ballsy. This is the year before Star Wars comes out. And so they're like, we got special effects in the bag. We're Disney. We know how to make things cheap, but look good. So instead of doing like, there's will be uh and then it cuts to a dog in uh uh human clothes and it's like okay i see where we happened where it happened they glue uh like dog fur to him and it it's like an Amer american werewolf in london just like really disturbing midway points where you see him as both a man and a dog like they give him black lipstick so it looks like dog <laughs> yeah. lips uh and uh it at, at one point in the was it the daisies the the where they're they're campaigning in front of the the uh, the women's club or whatever yes. where he looks exactly like john mulaney in oh hello one of one of those oh, midpoints is you're so right is that guy yeah and he even though i i don't i don't want to make assumptions but i feel like if i was turning into a dog i would feel it like you if would, i was suddenly growing hair <laughs> Like right now, I have more hair than I've ever had in my life, and it's like tied up in a thing. 
Yeah. When, when this thing is not in, I am so aware of just like, oh, it touched my neck. Oh, oh like mm-hmm. I have a little bit more hair. Like I, it, like it freaks me out. There, there's no way if it's coming out of every part of your face that you're like, and, and oh, hands, I need my wife to tell me. Yeah. So his, yeah, his several times like his wife or somebody else has to tell him like, hey, hide that hand. Your your hand is getting hairy, and then he has to like duck or turn behind something. But what's also confusing about this is that. Uh, and I, I haven't seen uh, the original 50s Shaggy Dog. I have Me also either. not, I also, have, <laughs> of course, I also have not seen the later sequel, which is the return of the Shaggy Dog, which took another like 12 years to get made. Which is, it's so crazy to me. I haven't seen that one either because I don't, I can't find it. It's not and on also, Disney And Plus. also that is a prequel, but, but it's a to, prequel this to this one. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And Every movie, they change how the rules of the Shaggy Dog work. That, that's why I haven't gone back and watched the Shaggy Dog. Because, like, this one, it makes sense. Like, you got cursed and you're cursed for however long you're cursed for. Yeah, so let, let's, let's walk through it. So the original Shaggy Dog, the rule was if, you, if, he, if uh, Will be read the transcription on this magical ring, he turned in, he would just randomly turn into a dog and he would only turn back into a human if he performed a heroic act. Yeah, he had to do something good. Yeah. yeah. Then the second, this movie, the Shaggy DA, somebody would read the the inscription, and uh, he's uh, like just trapped for like ten minutes. Like just so ten minutes, it wears off. The the presumption though is that he's the same guy. His entire life, he's been living in fear of that ring. Yeah, but. Knowing what he learned in the first one, he just ignores it now. He's just like, whatever. Like, I'm always doing... Oh, no. Either he's always doing good things and I'm just not noticing it, or the the curse is just like, whatever, we've all got an altar. I don't want to pay that much attention to it anymore. And then the the mid-quote between that this the last movie and this movie, The Return of the Shaggy Dog, the rule is once the inscription is read... He's trapped as a dog until it's read again. That seems to be the most logical way to handle it. Because yeah. you, can, you can show that and you have a beginning, middle, and end of like, beginning, it's read. Middle, you're a dog. And it's read again. And But I, the, I like the randomness of this one. <laughs> Just yeah. like, he's a dog until we don't need him to be a dog anymore. <laughs> until it's convenient for like a little mishap of like, hey, what are you doing in there? Uh, and then I couldn't figure out nor remember the Tim Allen remake in 2006, uh, all, I, all I could find without watching the movie again was that the rule is he was bitten by a viral dog and his DNA oh. was infected. So maybe it's I, I didn't know of, that. I know that that one is basically a remake of this movie and not the Shaggy Dog, despite being called the Shaggy Dog. That's, this is, it's so confusing. And so like, yeah. I, think it's, I think it's a thing where... Yeah, they somebody says a magic word. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if it was like fetch or something, and then that's what yeah. happens. But it's kind of like a Rob Schneider animal scenario where he kind of always has a dog feel to him, and then sometimes yeah. he fully yeah. transforms. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but yeah, woof. And uh, uh, I'm not talking about the dog. Uh, <laughs> See, that, that doesn't bother me because I, I only like this one. So they can change the mythology and the other ones as much as they want. I I don't care. This, and you, I like and you don't one. have an interest to see the original Shaggy Dog. I will at some point. I actually intended to before we did this, but then I just watched this movie again. 
I was like, I just watched this with the, the movie flash mob thing that was happening. I, I forced a bunch of people to watch this movie over weeks and weeks of campaigning. I got a bunch of people to watch this movie and tweet about it. Yeah, of course you did. Actually, yeah, that's a that's a very subtle plug. So uh, we are both a part of the movie Flash Mob, which it's a Facebook group you can find. And every week we choose a different movie to watch together and just tweet about and hope that somebody famous likes us. Yeah. I will say I got Ricky Lindholm to like yeah, my with tweet. Knives Out. Yeah, yeah, because we watched Knives Out. Uh, you know what? <laughs> I would maybe Knives Out is my Shaggy Da because. Uh, I have all no, that movie is actually really great, <laughs> but I've watched Knives Out three times. And uh, you told me right before we started recording that you've watched the Shaggy DA three times since it arrived on Disney Plus. Since you got Disney Plus, I remember when Disney Plus went live, everyone was like, Oh my god, I'm watching Star Wars! Oh my god, I'm watching Beauty and the Beast! And I went straight, well, I went to I went to Love Bug first, and then I went to this, like that was. <laughs> I, I, all that other stuff was like, all right, fine. I, I know those movies. Those movies are great. I don't care. So, I went straight to those movies. The first movie I watched on Disney Plus, I, I you know, I wouldn't be surprised. I probably watched like an episode of The Simpsons or something. But the first movie I watched was uh, the 1986 made for TV movie, Mr. Boogity. Oh, which, I didn't watch that yet. So it's it's wonderful. It's uh, they it was going to be a TV pilot. And then they were like, no, this sucks. But we can adjust <laughs> it a little bit to make it a movie. Wait, didn't they make a sequel? Yes, Bride of Boogity, which I have not seen yet. I, I just read something about that. There was, it was like some, some publication on the internet going through weird sequels that they couldn't under, understand how they got made. And it was like a whole write-up about that movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take a wild guess and guess The AV Club. Uh, and it was a very cynical a, a article, chance. I assume. <laughs> probably, probably not too much in depth. Yeah, uh... <laughs> But no, Disney Disney Plus is a great treasure trip. It's been very helpful for this podcast to be like, we're just going to do a weird one this time. Around. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. And I have a whole list of movies that I want to get to eventually. And I'm hoping that more people like you that have Disney Plus and don't want to watch like a classic. Well, I mean, uh, if you want anyone to do Million Dollar Duck, I'll be I'll come back. I have I have <laughs> no idea what that is. I I just know it's another one of these movies. <laughs> I, I, I haven't actually watched that one. Poor guy. Like, I mean, not poor guy. He's a Disney legend. Dean Jones is like a legendary performer, but just like, God, the the poster, like the poster is also very 70s in that, in that it's like a hand-drawn thing. It almost looks like a Mad Magazine cover. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it definitely does. <laughs> uh, you know what? Th- this could be fun. We haven't, we haven't played this game in so long because I abandoned segments as a podcast device, but Let's play a quick round of guess the tagline. So oh. me saying, guess cool. the tagline. So, Danny, do you have any idea what the sh- the tagline for the Shaggy Da could be? And uh, I will just give you credit if you come up with a good tagline. Oh man, I I want to go straight to like McGruff. But I know it, I know it can't be like a bite out of crime thing because that that was happening in the seventies. So like, yes, it would be too much of a ripoff. But I, I think that's tainting my my thought process here too much to come up with something else. I mean, um, if you have a McGruffy like answer, I am all all ears. Uh, let's see. I I was forgetting. Nah, this, I got this. I got, I got nothing. Segment. Okay. I got nothing. Let's see. Uh, no, nah, I'll keep thinking. Okay. <laughs> By the end of the show, I'll have I'll have one random blurt out. 
And we'll, okay. And I, we'll uh, yeah, we, <laughs> we'll probably start talking then in a minute. You'll be like, wait a second. Oh, yeah. okay. Here, I got a, I got a little sidebar for you. Uh, okay. yeah, this was, this was, uh, in 1976 and, uh, Wilby's son, Brian has radio headphones. Is that a thing that was real or did they have that just for the movie? Cause it, it I seemed say, like a lot. I want to say that it was real or I wouldn't be surprised if possibly that was a tie-in from the absent-minded professor or one of these other movies where it happens in the the same town oh okay there we go you mean the just a back lot from walt disney studios but yeah medfield the the fictional town of this movie is the same one as the absent-minded professor movies and son of okay now we're cooking (laughs) Yeah, so Brian has uh, headphones, and because uh, it's the 70s, there are two giant antennas that he has to have pulled up in order to use them properly. What a pain in the ass that kid is, too. Yeah, and uh, his mom treats it with the same thing that any adult today does with, like, oh, put down your phone or take out your headphones. Like, it's the same, just like, "Eh, kids are are doing the weird, stupid thing instead of listening to their dad talk about something yeah it's the i know i know i bought this for you but why do you have it <laughs> why did i let you get this and it's like you're an adult you have money i don't that, that um, whole opening scene is like insane to me because they, they pull up to their house and she thanks him for the coat and he thanks her for golf because i guess like oh uh, the, the lady the lady let him use uh uses golf clubs and like go for a golf outing instead of like, like doing they, a they were coming thing. from somewhere together which means that they were at a place where she needed her mink coat and he was also golfing uh yeah that's a really good question that's a really good point so and then then they get robbed so you don't you're never gonna learn what was happening before they come home to a robbery and you're like oh well i guess it doesn't matter where they were coming from this is this a whole new problem they're in their home life. now uh, uh, this also a good point to mention that uh, the movie on Disney Plus is rated G, but mentions that it does contain tobacco references. Oh yeah, a handful of them. Everybody smokes in the car because it's the seventies. Big old cigars, like, like every time someone's on the phone, they're just puffing a big cigar. Yeah, uh, and there's also uh, two antagonists kind of in this movie. So there, there's as we've been saying, there's so many twists and turns. Uh, the first being that. Uh, so instead of Wilby just turning into a dog, he like takes the place of uh, Tim Conway's dog. So legendary star of uh, the Carol Burnett show, Tim Conway. He is fantastic in this movie. He is so good. And I kept just thinking like, I mean, it's he's doing the best that he can. And like, he doesn't need to be in this. But this was a point in history where um tv is looked upon as just stupid bullshit boring cheap so like the whole reason the the movie and movies like this and other disney uh movies of this time were created so cheaply is because they would use tv actors during the summer hiatus and because they were uh tv actors they didn't have enough clout to like warrant like top billing and all these other perks that a lot of TV and film actors get Which, today. That blows my mind about Suzanne Plachette because she is so good in everything. And doing doing really nothing. Like she's like her job is wife in like, this movie. 
like in, in this and in, in Bob Newhart, especially she, she never seems to play a wife who is just like put upon like homemaker. She's always part of the conversation and like some playing some sort of role in what her husband is doing and has like real interactions with them. It's not just like, excuse me, wife, men are talking. She's like involved and part of it. Yeah. Uh, I, w- I mean, this is probably like the closest that she came to that, like just homemaker feel. Uh, Cause I early on, so the first scene in the movie, the first time that their house gets robbed, he runs uh, to the uh, the admiral's just, house. He rings uh, an actual doorbell, which yes, is so seventies. It's a it's actually a bell. Is the doorbell, and he yells at the cop on the phone, being like, "This is ridiculous. Maybe I'll run for DA." And then his wife like jumps to his side and says, "Yeah, and I could be your campaign manager. I I can do more than just stirring soup or whatever." The she says something like that, which is bizarre. My, my then, favorite part yeah. about that is that she's like a jump scare in that because like he runs away by <laughs> himself and then all of a sudden it's like oh shit he's got his wife oh his son's here too they, yeah. they all ran out of the house together I guess oh okay and then this happens later at night when they get m- mugged of the mink coat uh, slash blanket and he runs to the admiral's house again in pajamas and then his wife shows up in her pajamas and then his son also shows up again in pajamas and standing ovation yeah they're all basically wearing the same outfit it's bizarre but anyway so tim conway shows up and he's uh an ice cream truck driver who drives around with his dog you know how like that's a thing that is okay determined by the fbi the the introduction of tim conway in this movie is Maybe the funniest part of this whole movie, and like every every funniest part potentially is a Tim Conway scene. Yeah, but he when plays he is, very low status. Yeah, when he is rattling off all forty three flavors to this kid, and the kid just goes vanilla. That, That's good. It legit makes me laugh out loud every time. Like I know it's coming. I'm like on the edge of my seat. Like say vanilla, say vanilla. <laughs> like <laughs> I I love that joke so much. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, and he does. That's like a running joke throughout the movie. Is that like he, he first of all that he's like in the red by running this truck because he has to buy all the ice cream in addition yeah, to it. Yeah. Um. And so, uh, the instri- inscription on this magical uh uh ring gets read, and out will be. I'm trying to keep up with all of these weird names, and will be turns into the Shaggy Dog, who is Tim's dog. So it's yes. he transforms into a different yes. person's dog, Elwood, and the the his actual dog ceases to exist. That's the part that bothers me. Is where does because like it's a living creature. Where does and we it go? See, later in the movie, he interacts with other dogs that can talk. So this is a thing. Like the, I, I wonder if that's because he's a dog in those moments, or if those are also people who transformed into dogs well it's very confusing because uh he can talk to people like that he has no problem talking to people uh just with his human voice coming out of the dog's body so much that uh tim tries to bet a local bartender several times that the dog will sing that's another another great joke is why don't you take him to the dog bar and see if he can make you bark that is if I were the bartender, I would feel like I won the movie. They're like, all you have to do is look at Tim Conway and be like, you're an idiot. And then you get to deliver that one line. It's like, I won. I won this movie. Uh, also, that that uh, 
bartender, he uses the insult sherbet head. Yeah. Which I mean, that has to hurt for an ice cream man. He's not yeah. selling sherbet. I feel dumb because I it did just click for me now that it's because he's an ice cream driver, but I just thought that was like a weird like G-rated curse that Disney could use and <laughs> I was thrown out. I didn't I didn't think of it that way. I was just like that, that bartender was just calling him a shithead. Like, yeah. <laughs> also, that bar is like the coolest teen hangout, just populated by people who are like thirty years too old. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. Um, this is also the right before he goes into uh, the bartender's, uh, the bar. That's the word I'm looking for for the first time. He threatens to spank his dog. He's like, "I'm gonna spank you if you don't uh, calm down." <laughs> yeah, which is confusing. And then he asks his dog, because uh, he doesn't realize that it's just uh, uh, Willby turning into his dog. He asks, Elwood, how did you learn to talk? And then Willby responds as the dog. I started with Gaga and made my way to Din Din. So funny. I love that. Like, it, it's this weird, like, there's this weird I, I don't know why he's so angry. He's very I angry. I love the line. <laughs> well, because he's running for DA and he has to be a family man. Although I, uh, I get, I kind of get it. If you if you think about it, of like he's like a forty-something-year-old dude now. He's lived for thirty years of his life. Like at any moment, I could turn back into a dog. But then you start to get comfortable. You have a wife and kids. You're like, all right, maybe it just won't come back. And then it's like, ah, oh, god damn it, it's back. And it's also it's something that he never brought up with his wife because she she's like, yeah, sure, that's a thing. And he's like, no, uh, I have the quote. Do you know if someone reads that inscription, I could turn into a dog? Yeah, I, I love that her reaction is both like, honey, you're an idiot, but I'm on your side. We're <laughs> married. We're in this together. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a very it's a very sweet moment. I, I would hope that uh, I could have a wife like Suzanne Plachette, um, a, a.k.a. <laughs> Betty. Um, but yeah, so that, uh, yeah, uh, he yeah, the entire movie uh, will be, he, he kind of talks like he's annoyed that people don't get it. Which, you know, if you transform into a dog, it's going to take a few minutes for people to wrap their heads around. And he never figures it out. And he he talks in this really weird manner. Like, he like he, he basically is trying to speak to the manager every time he turns into a dog. He's like, well, this is ridiculous. You are going to read that inscri- inscription and let me become a human again. Yeah. I, it, it's also bizarre to me that nobody knows that he's that guy. Because he hasn't left the town. He's in the same town. That's and like, a really good point. It's it. You think about like, if, if there was some celebrity who had something happen to them in the 80s, that rumor still exists with them now. Or even the 90s. 90s is a more appropriate thing. Like, yeah. if you grew up, like the Richard Gere thing, that came out in the 90s. It's totally fake. It's totally a fraudulent rumor. But it's still, in 2020, they're like, Richard, G- Richard Gere and gerbils, like, you would know who that kid was. Yeah. And even if it's, like, legend, even if it's a thing where it's, like, oh, it, it would be at least an urban legend in the town that, like, and uh, th- they kind of hint at it because the ring now resides in a museum that, uh, and it gets stolen by the same robbers that uh, steal all the stuff in his house. Like, the mu- museum owners, like... They are both uh, great robbers and terrible robbers. <laughs> well, because they're just trying to immediately pawn off everything. And then... Later in the movie, you f- you realize that the DA is in cahoots with the mafia, and these guys are part of a larger mafia syndicate in this small town. And 
that is just another side plot that you have to deal with with this movie. Yeah. And, and then you also have to deal with kind of a love story between Tim and uh, a fellow worker at the sweets factory. And I cannot remember her name at all. It's, I mean, I know it's Joanne Worley. I forget oh, what uh, her Katrina... character name is. Yeah. Okay. According to Wikipedia, her name is Katrina Muggleberg. Okay. A normal name. She, she's definitely a Muggleberg. That's for sure. Yeah. And, and uh, we haven't described this ring. Uh, it's like the ugliest thing in the world. It looks like a big bug. Yeah, it's a, uh, what's the, like in, in Aladdin, they, they put the two pieces together. It's that bug. What's that, what's that bug? A beetle? It's, it's a beetle. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah it looks, it looks it, like it has a, a It has a better name, but it, it's a beetle. <laughs> and throughout the movie, people are like, it's priceless. Like, it's this beautiful old heirloom. And then when you look at it, it's, it's like costume jewelry that they spray painted gold and black. Yeah, they, they put like a little chameleon paint on it. And you're like, look, it's priceless. Yeah, and so uh, Tim, uh, the ring, uh, the robbers sell Tim the ring. ring uh, Tim gives the ring to Katrina and she loses it while she's baking pies for a fundraiser for the incumbent DA who is in cahoots with the mafia, and some of the mafia members are those muggers who sold the ring to Tim. It is a, a flat circle of uh, I, connections. Every time I see that pie go out the window and it's those two guys walking by, I'm just like, <laughs> what are the odds? It's us. And it's, it's almost people like, in this town. yeah, it's almost like the movie is telling you like, this is all we're going to give you. <laughs> like, yeah. And like it's, it's acknowledging it much. in the lines, in the delivery of the lines of like, what? It's us again. <laughs> like, it's so cartoonish. Yeah. Uh, I, I also think during that scene, I was thinking like, I don't think I've ever found pies funny. Are you, are, do you think pies are funny? I, I don't love like a, a pie in the face, but I do love the excess of that scene. Yeah. Oh, it it goes on. The the fact that everybody time. catches a pie and most people catch more than one pie, is that that to me is is perfect. That is so much fun. Like from from the point where you meet Joanne Worley's character, what was her name? Katrina. Yes. From the point where you meet Katrina, to like the end of that scene where they run into the from like to the basically the end of that scene she has some of the best slapstick moments in like anything like her and tim conway are like perfectly choreographed through this whole sequence that it's just like it's it's fun like it's so much fun to watch them just work perfectly together yeah and it's one of those things that it's always been in style because uh joanne wordley was known for laughing and so it's like just get these people that are naturally funny put them in this movie as all the side characters so the movie seems like more of a comedy. Yeah, like that, that 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 section of characters, not even like side plot, I'm not sure if you could call it that, but like <laughs> that section of characters is easily why I love this movie the way I love this movie. Because like they're, when they're running into the the place where the fundraiser is happening and they're they're stuck in the revolving door and then... She she goes through. He comes flying out. He hits the ground. She just picks him up, and he like shoots up to his feet, and then runs in together. It it almost looks like it's happening in like that like old fashioned like 
Three Stooges sped up motion kind of way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just two people who know exactly what they're supposed to do. I totally agree. And but also, it's funny that you say Stooges because this movie does like it's so silly and campy. Uh, Like whenever Wilby turns into the Shaggy Dog, um, they sometimes do that thing where like they have like puppet arms uh, (laughs) in place Uh. of the actual dog. So you see movies don't the do dog. that enough now. It's so fun. It's wild. But you see the dog driving a car. Uh, so later he escapes the dog pound with all the other talking dogs, all voiced by the same person, apparently. And so you see they have like the puppet arms driving the car while the dog is just plainly sitting there. Like you can kind of see his paws in front of him because they're like, okay, cool. We got that one take. We're good to go. Yeah. Like it, it, I, I feel like they changed the lines in that chase scene when, when the dog is driving the ice cream truck just because the dog turned around. They're like, oh, I guess I should tell the dog to look at me because he's looking at me. We don't have more time. Um, I, I found, so the, yeah, that's like towards the end of the movie. There's also this like roller rink thing that oh, was How can we not at. talk about the roller rink? <laughs> well, let's talk about, it. how about you talk? Because I'm, I'm still kind of confused how we got to that point. All right, so- Katrina is a star roller derby player. Is that roller derby yeah, player? Sure. Is that the word for it? And everything is kind of moving in the direction of the ice cream team. So the, the ring ends up there. The people end up there. It's all following basically the ice cream team for some reason. I forget why even at this mm-hmm. point. But they, they all go there thinking that's where everybody's going to be. And the mob guy and the da show up together which seems to be incriminating enough i don't know if anybody at this incredibly popular roller derby event just like look to their right they'd be like oh that's a known mobster and our da that doesn't seem right oh also one of the mobsters is dick van patten i forgot to mention yeah yeah so like one of the like most fun actors square in the face by a man in a dog costume yeah. Oh, yeah. There are a few parts oh where you're just God. like, "That is very much a dog costume and not." <laughs> like, uh, yeah. On on the the puppet dog arms, like it is literally just somebody is wearing a dog arm and punches Dick Van Patten in the face. <laughs> it's it wonderful. Is, it is so good. That yeah, that was I, honestly I one of my favorite parts in the movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like Dick Van Patten is so. I mean, I, I think my big Dick Van Patten is like Spaceballs. Yeah. So, like, anytime he's doing something close to that, it's just like I love this. Like, mm-hmm. it's just so like he has the power, but is such a small person. Like that, he, yeah. he plays that that place so well. He just he looks just like a sh- a schlumpy guy, but then he has all this charisma that just kind of oozes out of him, and it's great. Yeah. Um. What one weird thing that I found on IMDb, and I couldn't really figure out exactly what this was trying to say but so in the roller rink sequence when you see that dog catcher like running around trying to catch uh the shaggy dog who ended up being played by an actor named uh john fielder the original actor died during the filming of the roller rink sequence wait what so the guy the actor's name was liam dunn i cannot figure out that's what liam dunn wait liam dunn died during this movie yes so either I, wow. I don't I don't think I'm hoping that this didn't didn't mean that he died 
like on set, like trying to run and he just keeled over. I'm hoping, not hoping, but like, you know, I'm hoping that like he was cast. They maybe filmed part of it and then he died. So they had to redo it. That's what I'm assuming. But I had not seen that. Liam Dunn in Blazing Saddles is so funny. Mm Mm-hmm. And like he he plays. I mean, even at that point, I don't I don't know what year Blazing Saddles came out, but he plays a guy who is comically old. Yeah. Okay. I just found it on Liam Dunn's uh, Wikipedia. He okay. collapsed on set while filming the roller rink sequence, and he died soon after from emphysema. Wow. And he was only no he was Id- only fifty nine. I had no idea. Yeah. He is such an old looking dude. <laughs> yeah, he's like a he's like a, a Steve Martin type, just always looked old. So Oh my Blazing Silas was 74. So like I guess that kind of that kind of checks. Mm-hmm. Um and then a weird thing uh is that uh somebody wrote on Wikipedia that or this might have been IMDB fun facts. I always get the two mixed up, but uh, someone said that the film has been seen as a light satire of American politics in the post-Watergate era. Which I could I could see that. Maybe I think you would need to see more of a, a campaign from the DA, not just like I'm a guy in power who sucks. Yeah, I, I mean, this but, started a trope that has not ended yeah, it's yet. There, yeah. Yeah, the, that's a fun the, you're, you're saying, though, back to the, the Liam Dunn thing, he was yes. replaced by an actor named John Fielder. Do you know what John Fielder is most known for? No. John Fielder is Piglet. What? Yeah. What is happening? Which, the first time I watched it in the more recent times, I, I, I could tell that right away. That, oh. like, he is the most Piglet voice I've ever heard. I guess I really didn't pay attention during this one specific sequence, but holy crap. I think I caught it most when the escape is happening and he's he's like, he goes up to him in the pound. I can think mm-hmm. of dog jail. I wanted to call it dog jail. <laughs> but he goes up to him in the pound and he's like, sit. And then he sits. And then the, the guy comes in and he's like, what are you doing, Mr. Howie? And he's like, well, the big dog told me to sit. And it is the most oh. piglet thing I have ever heard. Okay, I'll rewatch it. Uh, <laughs> um, watch it enough here. times and you'll be me in this podcast going, come on, it's the best. <laughs> yeah, we're going to start a podcast after this called the Shaggy DA Minute. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I, Honestly, I, I think you could probably do that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it, it changes so much minute to minute. So I, I'm looking at, our, at, at my notes and I feel like we kind of covered most of this movie. Um, is, is there anything that we left out? Any final thoughts that you have about the Shaggy DA as a whole? Um, I guess not as, not as a whole. I, I do want to put as much emphasis as possible on how good Tim Conway is in this movie. Yeah. That like every time he shows up, he's in. Like he, he's not just like, oh, I'm in this campy movie or whatever. He is in it. Yeah, I mean, and he is he's one of those guy. he's yeah. one of those actors that no matter what he's in, he always gave it 110%. Like he uh I mean like we could go through his filmography and stuff, but he's had so much going on, but like yeah, every, he he was one of those guys that it was always professional and did anything. It's it's weird cuz I feel like that like realization cuz like I I've known him forever as oh, he's a legend, but 
I, I never really saw something that was like, this is why people think he's a legend. It's like Carl Burnett wasn't available until recently. So I've been watching that a little bit recently. Mm-hmm. But like, it was this movie, watching it as an adult. And I watched, um, he did an episode of the Glenn Campbell Good Time Hour, which if anybody's been keeping up with me in the past couple of months, it's been Shaggy DA and Glenn Campbell Good Time Hour. But he did a bit on there with Johnny, no, not Johnny Cat. It was uh, John Wayne, mm-hmm. where they showed John Wayne. Oh, he just did a bit. He's sitting in the makeup chair. All right, thanks, John. Go ahead and take your makeup off. And sit him in the makeup chair. They turn him around, taking the makeup off. And then it turns back around. And it's Tim Conway dressed in the same exact clothes that are just like, <laughs> he's like falling out of them. They're so big on him. And then he yeah. just does like a bad John Wayne impression and walks away. <laughs> And it is, he sells it so hard. And like, I'm just like, oh, okay, I get it. This guy is fucking funny. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just scrolling now through his Wikipedia and he, I forgot how much he's done. And weird connection to this podcast previously, um, he appeared in Airbud Golden Receiver. Did he really? Which, which that came before, I believe, Airbuds. It was uh, the second out of That was two. Five. Yeah. yeah Golden, so- Golden Receiver was two. And then the first episode of this podcast, we talked about Airbud Spikes Back. We, so we have that. That was your then, first episode. Yes. So honestly, oh, it's, it's it. yeah, the, we, we need to have you back immediately for all of these direct-to-video movies. But he also appeared in, I think, every single one of the Buddy movies. So like, all, like Air Buddies, Snow Buddies, oh, Space Buddies. Is he in Buddies. Santa Buddies? He is not in Santa Barbara. Oh, damn. That's the one I watched most recently. I would have been like, how did I miss him? <laughs> no, I'm unfortunately not. I'm, I'm very sorry to say. Oh, wait, no. Sorry. He is in Santa Buddies. Oh, how did I miss him? <laughs> the last one that he's in is uh, Super Buddies. So he's, okay, no. I, just, I saw Looking Super Buddies it, too, yeah. He's in nearly all of them playing the character of Sniffer. Oh, he's a voice guy. Okay. Yeah, we all and we all know him as Sniffer, and of course, uh, he he worked a lot with um, uh, Don Knotts. Like he was part of the Apple Dumpling Gang, which I think was written by the same guy. <laughs> uh, possibly. Yeah, both both Apple Dumpling Gangs were written by the same guy by and John also, Tate. So yes, yeah, also Herbie Goes Bananas, which I thought was funny because just kept the fruit thing in the title for him. Yep, uh, <laughs> Apple actually. That's what, you know what? That's what it was. Apple Dumpling Gang was the first movie I was going to watch on Disney Plus. And it was so boring. I got maybe- Is it really? I haven't, I haven't and, watched it again since I was a And it's one kid. of those movies where like, it's so old, but like not in a fun enough way. Like this movie is so old in such a specifically fun way. But that movie, like that, I was just like, oof. Maybe I'll this, get to this it. This one and The Love Bug, I think are like perfectly what movies should be. Like if you're going to just sit down and watch a movie- yeah. It's this. It should just be this. It's it's fun. Some stuff might not make sense, but it doesn't matter that it makes sense or not. So here, before we get into the ratings, let me just reveal finally uh, from Guess the Tagline nearly a half an hour ago. Um, the tagline for the Shaggy Day DA is the only candidate with a law degree and a pedigree. <sighs> so there's I, that. I wish that were in the song in the beginning more than I like it as a tagline. It, it works great as a lyric, but then yeah, yeah. I don't love it as a tagline. It doesn't catch me the same way. No. 
Um, but here, now is, the, now is the part of the podcast where we rate everything uh, on a scale of zero to five. Uh, be, we can be as specific and minute as we like with our decimal places. Uh, and then we will see how <laughs> Wouldn't this... it be great if I just said zero? <laughs> it's happened before. Uh, and we rate it against all the other movies that we have reviewed on this podcast. Only two uh, things that we've watched, three things uh, that we've watched for this ep- uh, podcast have gotten a zero from a guest. Uh, do, I do personally... You, what are they? Do you know what they are? Yes. So they are... Two of them are TV shows. So we have the 90s show Reboot, uh, the CGI movie. I get it. That show sucks. Yeah, it's very bad. <laughs> it was impossible to watch. Yeah, um, I hate the that show. Disney Channel original series Bunked. Uh, and then, I don't hate Bunked. <laughs> and then Son of the Mask, the Jamie Kennedy sequel to The Mask. Uh, okay. Yeah. But, I have a, a show that I produce called Peaks where I'm about to do a, a Jim Carrey episode. So I'm like trying to dig deep in the mask and like I can't, I can't bring myself to do that one. Like, yeah. I, I don't um, need the full mythology. It's hard. It's a really hard thing to watch. Um, but uh, why, don't, why don't you tell us uh, what, what would be your rating for the Shaggy DA? I would say only because... There's movies where, like, I would probably even say, like, The Love Bug that I mentioned before and, like, the Paddington movies easily would be something above it. Mm-hmm. But I would probably put this in, like, a low four, so I'll say, like, 4.1. Wow. Um, I don't want to burst your bubble. I'm going oh, I didn't to... expect you to be up there with me. <laughs> okay. I'm going in a completely different direction. Um, I will say, you know, this is a fun movie to watch because it is so bad. Like it's, it's not like the way that we talked about it. It's an entertaining movie. It is by no accounts uh, a good movie. Um, So with that in mind, I'm rating it the year it came out in. So I will be giving this, uh, the Shaggy DA, a score of 1.976. Okay. uh, Gives this a cumulative score. I'm okay with the average. Yeah. Yeah. 3.038. Yeah, that's not terrible. That's probably where it actually belongs. Yeah, not bad at all. And in our rankings of everything, that puts Shaggy DA just below the Brave Little Toast, or sorry, just above the Brave Little Toaster. Oh, good. I can't watch that movie anymore. And just below Shrek 2. So... Eh. Do with that what you will. (laughs) I I might give it more more points than Shrek. I want to give it like... What can I bump up the average to to make it be Shrek to? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not giving you that information. This is a democracy, sir. <laughs> so you're just gonna have to live with it. I'm. I'm the Keenan Wynn bad guy in this. Like, give yeah. me the right numbers. I'm gonna win this. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, but uh, uh, Danny, thank you so much for coming on today. Uh, what would you like to plug today? Uh, check out Feel Feelings. We we do that every week. It comes out on Fridays. I also have the Wasted Robot records where we, we put out Mike Brooks's record and we put out Che Guerrero's record. You can find that at WastedRobotRecords.com. And now we have a podcast network that you can also find on WastedRobotRecords.com. Fantastic. Uh, Feel Feelings, it's a fun podcast. Um, person that I need to have on soon, your co-host, uh, George Ruderman. Uh, you have to convince him that Mummy isn't a kid's movie. I can do that. I'm on it. <laughs> uh, and as always, uh, you can... Uh, find us anywhere you get podcasts please rate and review us wherever you get your podcast because it helps us out in the ratings but that is all for today we will hear you in a fortnight and go go gadget and show <laughs>